In Matthew 4.19, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Join us in this conversation as we discuss following Jesus, leadership, and doing life with others. Welcome to the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. Well, hello, friends. Back for another episode of 419 Disciple Makers. And uh, this is our podcast where we are talking to some of the best disciple-making leaders in the world. And uh, today is Rita Felice. Welcome, Rita. Thank you, Mark. So glad to be here. Uh, You have the sweetest voice. Our people are going to love to listen to you today. And uh, I know a little bit about you. Mm-hmm. I know that name Felice means happy in Italian. Is that right? It is exactly right. And in Italian, it's pronounced Felice. Felice. Yes, but it does mean happy, and I will own every bit of that name. So, But in American, the Italian name is pronounced Felice. Felice. Felice, right. Yeah. But you're not Italian. I am not Italian. You just married one. I did. <laughs> I talk with my hands. Yes, yeah, so. so I'll be interpreting for you people listening. Uh, what she's doing with her hands are folded right now. Now they just went up above her face. And so, uh, yeah, we'll just have to trust that one. Now, we're really excited that you're here because I've known you for years, and I have watched your life. I've watched your passion for uh, making a difference for the kingdom Mm. of God in the lives of children specifically, Mm. but also in the lives of women, your own family. Um, Tell us, tell everybody a little bit about you. You're a mom and... I am. I'm a mom of two adult children, and um, they were raised here at Mount Pisgah. Um, In fact, we call them Alpha to Omegas. They went to Mount Pisgah Christian School. They attended church here, and then they had Mark and me as parents, so we call that like the trifecta, you know, for their mm-hmm. faith formation. Um, and I've been here at the church for since 2006 as, uh, in children's ministry, but prior to that, I was a teacher in the elementary school. Um, so education is your background. It is, and kids. And it's interesting, it wasn't my original background, but, you know, the calling of my life um, after I had Alexa, our 27-year-old, it was obvious that, that God was doing something in me. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so discipleship began with our children. Boy, they were, they were the test case. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of where it uh, began. And then I'm married to Mark for 39, eight years. Wow. Years. Um, he's my best friend, and he is awesome. Right and on. he's actually in Washington, D.C. right now with 60 eighth graders. So he also has a heart for kids in the Let's kingdom. just have a moment of silence right now for <laughs> Mark Felice, the happy Italian in Washington uh, with – Sixty <laughs> eighth graders. Sixty eighth wow. graders. That is that is a calling. Now you um, you're not originally from Atlanta, Georgia. You have an no. interesting childhood. Tell us where you're from originally. I am originally. Well, I was born in the Bronx, New York. Um, grew up in a couple of different parts of New York, including Manhattan, Queens, and um, and then just a suburb outside of New York. Um, when I was about 11, we moved up there. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of journeyed back to Manhattan, and I went to college at NYU. So, okay. I spent, so you are a New York girl. I am. I am. Uh, interesting. I loved it, and yet I never felt fully at home there. Atlanta is like my place. It, really? It, yeah. It's I, a Southern hospitality. It is Southern it. hospitality. <laughs> it is. It's cosmopolitan enough. It's it's diverse enough. Mm-hmm. Um I, and I love it, and it's gentle. There's a gentleness here that mm-hmm. just didn't exist up there. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, um, when it comes to uh, your role in ministry, mm-hmm. per se, uh, you are the director of children's ministries. Yes. Uh, a lot of people would see that as your job is to make sure that children are taken care of while their parents are in worship, kind of like a, a Christian babysitting service. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people see children's ministries that way, mm-hmm. but I know you don't. 
No. How do you see God calling you uh, to disciple in children? Well, God himself, you know, in Deuteronomy, told Moses very, very specifically, you know, you have to teach your children. You know, they, they mm. went over the Shema, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Don't keep that to yourself. Impress that upon your children. That's Deuteronomy 6, Yeah, right? it's Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 8, I believe. So God says children are important. Mm. Um, and they're not just important to sit around and babysit them. They mm. are important to impress upon them who God is, his love for them, their responsibility as followers of him. And so I love that word impress in Deuteronomy. It's not just kind of speak it. It's, it's kind of leave a mark impress. on these children. Yeah, yeah leave a mark. So when we have the opportunity to minister and love children, um, we see in them this, first of all, this desire to know God. They have the capacity to think abstractly somewhat. Um, they can believe in miracles. They, they believe in superheroes. There is nothing about the mystery of God that is, is not real to them. So they're these beautiful um, little people uh, ready to follow. Mm-hmm. They just need to be taught. And that is, yeah. that is literally the key here. It, we have to teach them. Just like we teach them to read, and we teach them their ABCs, and we teach them to tie their shoes, and we teach them to be kind, and we give them manners, and we teach them how to walk a dog and do chores. You have to teach them how to be a follower of Christ. And so that's one of the things that we, um, in our mission statement, we actually talk about that, you know, that that is a primary part of our mission is to teach them to love God and love people. So, but the word impress there is a very different word than the word teach, I think. Absolutely. Um, what have you seen as effective uh, mm-hmm. on impressing the, the gospel, impressing the, the good news of Jesus uh, into the life of a child who may not understand all these Christian concepts? So I speak? think that's a great question. And they don't at first because it's new to them. Um, I think the primary sources of impression are going to be their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of children's ministry's responsibility is to equip parents to teach their children. So we do a lot in terms of reaching out to families and parents, uh, involve them in the ministry, um, involve them in what we're doing, tell them what we're teaching their children, invite them to be a part of it. We have worship experiences where we invite parents so they can see how their children are worshiping. We also have a great a great program that started about nine years ago, and it really is a discipleship model. It is it is called 316, mm-hmm. and it is meets weekly, and it's a school year commitment on our leaders, and the same leader meets with the same group of children every Sunday. Wait a minute. Yes. You mean people actually commit to a full year every Sunday to disciple children in children's ministry? Yes, praise God, and and it's not just parents within the ministry. We have we mm-hmm. have people from within the church who say children are important; they mm-hmm. matter. And so this this program, I call it a program, but I call it's really discipling children. Mm-hmm. Um, it's biblically based. We have Bible stories. There's worship, so kids are learning how to worship. But it's also this place where an adult can pour into this child who's ready to hear the truth. And so the gospel is spoken. We lead children to Christ in those groups. Yeah. Um, the leaders themselves are growing. So it has proven to be one of the most effective ways to disciple children. That's a very different model than a lot of children's ministries would have, isn't it? I think it is. I certainly think it's it's that model is becoming a little bit more um, popular because the key to it is relationship. It's showing up. Mm. It is um, providing a safe place for kids to 
be able to learn about God, ask questions, and not just kind of sit there passively. You know, mm-hmm. wor- large group worship is terrific, and it's important to to worship corporately together, to lift our hands in praise, to to learn the truth through yeah. songs. I love that, and and I love messaging. Um, but when you get to sit on the carpet square across from this child, and he can tell you about what has happened this week and why. You know, he was able to show kindness, you know, one of the fruit of the Spirit that we just talked about this past week, what that looks like in his life. So we can actually apply the truth of Scripture to their daily life. And by having that same leader who will communicate with parents through email and say, hey, you know, so-and-so today um, told me about this incredible story of kindness. And so just those anecdotal things connect parents to their children. It gives them some talking points. But it also says that next week when that child comes back and that leader is there, they may say, how did that work out for you? Yeah, consistency. You know, ha- consistency, showing up. And um, that is that is critical. And we have the greatest leaders in the world who take this so seriously. Uh, they're so much fun. And um, and they're growing <laughs> alongside them. They're growing alongside them. Well, and, and I think you and your team model this for them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because what you're doing with these children is what you're doing with women. Yes. Uh, and you're mm-hmm. not just saying, hey, I'm a children's director, so my ministry is just with children. Uh, you're working with parents, but I know yeah. you specifically disciple a group of women Yes, uh, yourself. I want to go back again to this word impress, because I think that what I know about you and your ministry is that, that word really, um, really drives mm-hmm. uh, a lot of what you guys do, because you don't just do one thing really well. You, you find ways that impress the gospel, the good mm-hmm. news of Christ on these children. And you also... Uh, are preparing them for the next phases of their life yes. uh, so that this doesn't become a new concept for them to get into a small group when they're in high school. Absolutely. They've that, been that in a small group since kindergarten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is so true. But, um, you know, Alan White, our, our student pastor and our family life pastor, will actually say, since we began this program of 316, the weekly meeting mm-hmm. of small group, uh, discipling children, they have seen a greater growth in the the um, confirmation program and even the fact that children have made a decision to accept Christ prior to them even getting to confirmation. And, and this has been on the uptick all these years. And so that's, a kid that comes into from your program into the next phase of their spiritual growth in the church, they're seeing a greater maturity as they come in. They are. And commitment, like actually going to impact groups, like, mm. like you just said, it's a kind of a natural pattern of their life. Mm-hmm. And you know, going back to that Deuteronomy scripture, which is it's just so critical and it's so foundational for us, especially with children, is is teaching them God's. By the commands. way, she's really talking with her hands right now. I want y'all to know this: these hands are they're flailing. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid she's going to hurt something. But go ahead. <laughs> You're going to take me off track. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, the Deuteronomy six. But in Deuteronomy six, what what I love about it is it's it's teach them these commands in the daily fabric of your life. It's not like mm-hmm. just in church on Sunday. Wow. Um, now, yes. This consistency in going to a small group is has been created and nurtured, and they they do that. But this idea of teaching um, God's commands in the fabric of their life when they when you sit at home, when mm. you're uh, it says walk on the road, but I like to translate that into driving in the car because we do so in much the of that. <laughs> in the minivan, minivan, um, and when you lie up and when you you know when you get up and when you lay down. So these are built into the fabric of their life, and that's why parents can be their primary teachers. Um, I remember a funny story. When um, we would drive to school, I was teaching at the Christian school, and Alexa and Ryan would be in the back seat of the minivan, and we'd have mm-hmm. McDonald's in the car, and we were driving <laughs> down 
to school and we would, you know, practice spelling words and we would pray. That's what we would do mm-hmm. pretty much on the 15, 20 minute drive to, to Mount Pisgah. And I remember this one day, <laughs> it was my turn to pray and the kids are eating their McDonald's in the back and they stop eating and I'm praying and all of a sudden Alex goes, mom, are your eyes closed? And I was like, yes, they are. I was <laughs> like, and I'm driving down Jonesbridge <laughs> Road, 45 miles an hour with my Great. eyes closed. And I thought that is hilarious. Of course, God is good. Uh, no, no problems there. But we use the time in our daily fabric of our life mm-hmm. to, um, to disciple our children. And mm-hmm. this model of impact groups and, and our small group, that's built now into the fabric of their Sunday morning and their Sunday night. So we're trying to create that culture of that's your Sunday morning, you know, time. Don't don't mix other things in there. Make sure you're here. Make that part of your fabric of your life. And that's one of the things we talk to our parents about. And um, and we hope it's working. We well, there's no doubt it's working. Uh, because I know a lot of the parents of these children are now feeling the pressure that, wow, my kids are doing something that <laughs> I need to do. And so they're getting into discipleship groups. And That's great. Yeah, I see that. I, I actually hear their testimonies uh, of awesome. that. Rita, I remember I did youth ministry 18 years. Yes. And... Um, Specifically, by you know that was my uh, role, so to speak, in ministry. But I literally remember, and I was working with you at the time. I literally remember telling parents uh, at a confirmation, and confirmation is kind of this spiritual rite of passage, so mm-hmm. to speak. Like every culture has a rite of passage. Yep. About twelve years old, mm-hmm. bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, mm-hmm. you know, different African cultures, all, all, a lot of cultures. Except here, we don't really have rites of passage for us are like your driver's license, your first date, you mm-hmm. know, not necessarily spiritual. Right, right. So there's this concept called confirmation, which is you no longer ha- live on your parents' faith. You got to mm-hmm. own this thing, right? Yep. And it happens about 12 for us. Mm-hmm. I re- literally remember telling parents, uh, you are plan A for your kid's spiritual development. The church is plan B. Yes. And I thought that was shifting it on them because they thought, well, if I drop my kids off, you'll disciple right. them for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we'll so partner I, with you. Yeah, we'll partner with you. But I felt really proud of myself with that one-liner. You're plan A, we're plan B. And then I would walk off the platform in front of these, you know, a few hundred parents, and I would pat myself on the back. And, uh, you know, boy, we got him, didn't we, God? We showed him who's boss right there. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in, when we used to be in South Hall, one Sunday morning, I said this to a group of parents. I walked off the platform, mm-hmm. and I felt the Lord impress on me. Mm-hmm. Then why aren't you helping them with plan B? yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Oh, my yes. pride left, and I felt like I don't, I because that's their job, their plan B. So that's when we developed this parent confirmation mm-hmm. process. Transformational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so instead of the kids just going through parent confirmation, or kids going through confirmation at 12, we started taking their parents through a confirmation experience simultaneously. And here was the uh, the way we cloaked that, if you'll remember was that we're going to help you to be able to have a spiritual conversation with your child. Yes. And so you've taken that yes. concept mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and done even greater things with it, mm-hmm. I think, because of your heart for, for parents. Yeah. You're the children's pastor, but you're also really ministering to parents. Absolutely. I, I still feel, and as you did when you talked about the plan A, they have so much more influence than we do. Um, they just sometimes lack the confidence or the it's almost like a skill or like an understanding about how am I going to actually have a spiritual conversation where it not be awkward, you know, like just kind of, oh, let's talk about God today. Mm-hmm. Um, so we give them some, we t- send them home each week with God time cards. And these God are just time cards. God time cards. Huh. And it, it kind of, it's a week worth of, of devotionals, mm-hmm. but they're very um, easy. They're conversational. And 
the parent can even use it like, well, you know what? We got this from church. Let's go over this together. So it gives them kind of a natural conversation. So what we try to teach them is that spiritual conversations can happen all the time. They don't have to be like, let's sit down right now. This is our spiritual conversation time. It can be it's not like in. the birds and the bees talk, right? Where you gotta <laughs> schedule it. You're, everybody's awkward, and you can't wait for this to get be over with. The guy—I mean, some parents think that, don't they? It's like, okay, I got to tell them all about God, and uh, let's get this over with. Yes. What you're yes. teaching them is—I love what you said about the fabric of your life. Yeah, I mean, it's just built into it, and it, and it really helps you to understand that it's—it is not just a Sunday thing. Mm-hmm. Our faith is not just a Sunday thing. It is, it is the thing. It is, it is who we are. And when we begin to really dive into Scripture with families and with children, they mm-hmm. begin to hear what God actually says. Um, it things change, you know. And I grew up Catholic. I know you know this, and and I love so much of our that that heritage and that faith. And it and it actually gave me such a great understanding of the mystery of our faith and wow. the holiness and the sovereignty of God and so many wonderful things. But one of the things. That, that was lacking for me was actually reading scripture on my own. <clears throat> so I love that our kids hear scripture every Sunday, that we yeah. read Bible stories with them, we ask them to memorize scripture. And then, you know, in our newsletter and things like that, we'll, we'll say, look, this is the monthly scripture, parents. Why don't you challenge your kids to memorize it mm-hmm. and, you know, show them, model for them? So we kind of try to give them some <laughs> of these little tips um, because every parent actually wants the very best for their child. And most yeah. of them really do want them to grow in their spiritual life. And they really do want them to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Um, so we just feel part of our job is to help them do that and and give them the ownership of it and say, look, this is your responsibility. Look, let me show you. God yeah. actually said you're equipped to do this. Yeah. And 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 here's and here's your here's the love story. Here's the here's the rescue plan. It's the yeah. Bible. Yeah. And let's share that with them. And and I brought today, Mark, I the love, love story, this. Yeah. Literally love this book. It's called the Jesus Storybook Bible. Uh huh. It is one of the best resources it's got for pictures. parents. I love Bibles with pictures. Beautiful pictures, <laughs> but it's also in a story form. So you know, children love storytelling. Oh, you can, yeah. you know, I'm sure Watts is going to be sitting on your lap. Hearing beautiful stories. This is going to be. I was my... hoping my grandson would come into this conversation. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. Okay. You're going home with this today. This is a gift hey, for. By the way, watch if you're listening. Oh, what's up, buddy? You're, you're three months old, and uh, Pop loves you. Go ahead. But, and so Watts is getting a book today from yeah. uh, from Miss oh, Rita. Thank it you. It is the, the Jesus Storybook Bible. I love that. And this is one of the Bibles I actually recommend to all parents because it is a story. It is the story of Jesus um, throughout the beginning of the Old Testament all the way through. Um, revelation, Very and cool. it is so cool, and it's story-like, and it will evoke. Um, well, certainly, it's filled with truth. It's completely theologically sound, cool. and it just kids love stories. So, mm-hmm. like we say, look, this is the greatest story ever told. Remember that movie, oh, the yeah. greatest story ever told. Yeah. And we get kids excited about it, and it gives parents a platform to actually have spiritual conversations. So you know what? Every single parent I know, they're wonderful parents. They do reading with their children. I'm like, take this. This is book one. Book one. Um, All right, know? so this is called The Jesus Storybook, Storybook Bible. Bible. Yeah. And it is phenomenal. Um, huh. And it's Jesus from the Old Testament all the way to the end. Every, every story in here, if it doesn't like literally point back to Jesus, there's, there's some sort of reference to him. Uh, so you that? see that there was a rescue plan all along, mm-hmm. that this is God's love story to you. And then here's, here's what happens at the end. We, we're actually going to tell you what happens at the end. So you know, you know the truth, you know it right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it I think it gives kids this incredible hope right from the time when they're very, very little. Mm-hmm. Like this earth and this place is a great place. 
mm-hmm. but I have a heavenly home mm-hmm. where I'm going to be with my mom and my dad, but I'm going to be with Jesus, and I'm going to be with God, and I'm going to be sitting there, and I can actually see what that looks like, wow. the streets of gold. I can see it, and it is, I, I'm telling you, it, for me, I've given it to every, I've already got two on my shelf for both my kids' kids when they eventually have kids. Uh, <laughs> That's going to be a good you them. are, uh, it sounds to me like this goes back to what you said about impress. impress. It's not just tell, it's impress. It's find a way to find get this way. message through to uh, to a child while they're still forming. You yes. know, they say the vast majority of Christians accept Christ before their 18th birthday, right? Yes. The vast majority. After the 18th birthday, it gets even more difficult. I mean, of course, it doesn't change the Great Commission. Which... Doesn't now, at all. Now, what have you seen, uh, Rita, we said it earlier, is that you also disciple women. You don't just say, I'm the children's pastor, right. this is my role, that's not my job. You see the Great Commission as a lifestyle. Absolutely. And what have you seen that are consistent between the challenges of discipling children and discipling uh, adult women? Uh, the challenges only or just, just sure. in similarities in general? What have um, you found that works? What have you found that's... that's consistency. That tr- yeah, I love that, that word, consistency. Um, you know, showing up each week, mm. um, investing in people. Um, great love. What do you mean by investing in people? Just making yourself completely available. Like, we have a funny thing in our group. You know, we meet Thursdays 9 to 11.30, and I say, unless Jesus is coming on Thursday between 9 and 11.30, let's commit to being here. A.M.? A.M. And where do you meet? In my home. Okay, so you gather women in your home Thursdays 9 to 11 a.m. Yes. I learned that from two people, Paula Lonis and also from Vicki Lake. Um, She came here and did a discipleship kind of weekend, and mm-hmm. I just remember her talking about how she fed these women. And mm-hmm. I thought, I love, first of all, physically. Of, yeah, physically, but, you know, obviously spiritually too. But just what that has done for um, these women, they will say to me, I can't believe you cook for us every week. I can't believe you open your home to us. And and I thought, you know what? I can't believe you show up. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of can't believe going on in this group. <laughs> And so uh, I'm going to brag on them right now because uh, if I did a stat on them, I think we had like a 92% attendance rate over the course of two and a half years. And so we got through, and I hate to say that got through, but we worked together for two and a half years. Mm. Um, I think we made it a little bit sooner than the three, primarily because Mm -hmm. of that attendance and their commitment to to being there. And um, I'm mean, actually we just we just finished our group, so all right. Um, they're now launching. You're multiply. And they're multiplying. They're launching, and I'm going to miss them greatly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, getting back to those things that are consistent with children, it's consistency, um, a place of love and acceptance that's safe. Yeah. Um, speaking the truth. I mean, consistently pointing back to Jesus mm-hmm. as the authority. Um, and I even think this is true for children, Mark. We've we've told our kids over and over again, look, I didn't make up this rule. I didn't make up these commands. This is God's way. Yeah. So I come under authority of God, So you and you come under me and God. So you know, yeah. this is kind of the way. So when I just got a note from one of the women in the group, and she was like, thank you for consistently pointing us back to Jesus. Like, we weren't that. following you. We were following him. And that for our children is, is important to know, too, that they yeah. have – they have this sovereign God, this leader who loves them so much. And this is where, this is who we follow. He's just given us this care of you mm-hmm. to teach you and to love you. So that's that's a very significant thing. Um, well, consistency, uh, God is so consistent with us. So the, much The so. consistency is always on our end, isn't it? Absolutely. 100%. I mean, God will clear his calendar to meet with us, <laughs> yes. and but we won't do the same. I know. 
we feel, you know, we pat ourselves on the back if we did a couple days uh, a week of devotional mm-hmm. and uh, missed three or four days and we think, well, that's better than I used to be. But the reality is, is that consistency, uh, what you're saying, works from God's perspective, but it also works as we're showing up for other people. I, I think that that's really, really true. And, um, you know, again, this this idea of, I think one of the women put it really well. She said, I learned so much in other groups. I, ha- I got the head knowledge. I really did. But there was something in this group that was different for me. And she's mature. She was a mature, is a mature Christian woman. But she said, this was transformational for me because th- it got to my heart. And and there's something that happens, Mark, and you know this, when the Holy Spirit is is truly alive in you, mm-hmm. he demands that Christ be made known. Mm-hmm. You, you can't keep it inside anymore. Wow. And so that was what I began to see in covenant groups, like especially, you know, people who really had that transformation happen, they couldn't any longer keep it to themselves. Yeah. And so that is, of course, the model, right? That is the discipleship model where they reproduce. So this woman who was mature, had been in a previous covenant group, had been in other groups, she said, you know what? I, I need to make Jesus known. This is this is where I am now. And so I think in the um, place of safety, in the accountability place. And I didn't really understand accountability. That was one of the parts of discipleship I was trying to really figure out. And in this group... It's not a very attractive word, is it? <laughs> in a way, it isn't. But when what I've learned is that when you have great love and there is no judgment, but there is the spurring on in your faith, like, I'm not going to spur you on in your sin. I'm going to spur you on in your faith. Mm. And... When that kind of loving accountability would come into place and we would talk with each other and we would ask hard questions uh, and we would use the Jesus model of asking questions, we began to become accountable to each other. Wow. And um, so that was just a really cool thing. Now, will that happen with children so much? I don't really know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't necessarily know that. I do know safe place, showing up, um, th- this great love and trust um, and speaking the truth to them, that is absolutely what happens in a in a, an adult covenant group mm-hmm. as well? So those are consistent. That's that's wonderful. You know, well, John three, uh, of course, we know it because uh, you know, for God so loved the world, mm-hmm. John three sixteen. But in that same place, there he talks about if I'm lifted up, mm. that I'll draw all men unto me. I think men, boys, do- children, uh, girls, women, everybody comes to Christ if we lift him up. Yeah, absolutely. And our job is to not make them, force them, drag them. It's to lift up Christ. Yes. And and but to do that consistently, and also through the way you live your life, uh, Rita. I again, if you're listening and you don't know Rita out there, um, what I reason I really wanted to interview her is because this stuff she's sharing, she didn't get this out of a book. She is she is uh, living this out. I know you'll be a disciple maker for the rest of your life. Praise God. Um, mm-hmm. I love it. It's just too, it's just, it's just our calling, isn't it? It is. It's, it is our calling. Rita, what would you, how would you encourage a mom out there right now who has, let's say they have a child and it's the typical death by suburb scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the kids in ballet and dance and soccer and lacrosse and swim team mm-hmm. and grades and, you know, they're in the mix of all the thing yeah. called busy life. Yep. How would you encourage a mom to disciple their daughter? Mm. That's such a great question. I, I think it can just go back to the Deuteronomy model, just during the fabric of your life. You don't, <clears throat> okay, let's be very specific. Teach them how to pray. Um, pray with them each day. It can be very, very simple. It can be a morning prayer when they wake up. I have a friend, she's actually in our covenant group. 
she prays for her children before they walk out the door every day. She just just says a prayer over them. Um, they've come to love That's it. That's not and like quietly it. by herself no, no, while no. they're walking out. You mean like audibly gather audibly them? gather them and just say things like, you know, Lord, you know, let your Holy Spirit be evident in my children today. You know, give so and so the the power to love and to be kind to others. But um, what if the kid rolls their eyes? Do you still do it? Well, and here's the thing: if you're if you're starting this when they're twelve or thirteen, you're probably going to get a few eye rolls, right? <laughs> so there are other things you can do with with children that are a little older. Like you can just say, "How's your heart? How was today? How can I, you know, just is there something I can pray for you about? You know, that kind of thing." Okay. Um, but if we're talking about starting when they're young, I think teaching them to pray, reading nightly stories to them, Bible stories. Um, you know, we all have great books that we love. That's why I was recommending the Jesus Storybook Bible. But there are so there are hundreds of wonderful devotional books that appeal to all different types of kids. There's weird science devotionals. You know, there are so many hmm. ways that you can appeal to a child when they because really what they want they want your attention, they want your um, your heart with them. So sitting with a book is a great way to do that. Um, I think prioritizing church. I'm mean, you know I'm a church person. But I would say, above all else, that your Sunday morning experience, uh, whatever it is in your life, that you prioritize church. And if you start that way and the other obstacles come up, like dance and parties and things like that, you would say, you know what? That's great. After after church. We'll mm-hmm. do that after church. Making um, worship a priority. Making worship a priority. Boy, that is becoming lost in our culture, I think, because yeah. it used to be that kind of Sunday mornings were a sacred time and yeah. sports teams... Now there is no such thing in our culture, at least where we live here in Atlanta. It it, it is a I challenge. Mean, parents are having to decide: is it baseball or is it is it church? It is. Those or are those lacrosse. are hard decisions for parents, and I feel for them. I really do. But I also want to encourage them to say it is okay for you to say, "I don't need to have my child playing on Sunday morning. I don't need to be on a travel team mm-hmm. at the age of eight years old." Um, you know, we have in our own family, we had a, a very strict, kind of like a strict thing, like, you know, nothing happens until church. And, you know, our child went on to play college sports. So, mm-hmm. you know. So you made that rule hard would, and fast, and your kid still wound up becoming a college quarterback. Right. Well, How not a quarterback, that? but defensive back. Defensive there back. There was a back in there. Um, <laughs> I had the back part, right? That's right. And, but. It, it, it helped. It helped us to be able to say, this is the priority. And and then, you know, when they go out of the, into the world, they realize, my parents modeled this for me. Yeah. You know, they, they helped me and they instructed me. Because here's the honest truth. An eight-year-old, a 10-year-old asking you if they can do all these things, you, you really do have to kind of step in as a parent and just mm-hmm. be like, you know what, that's just probably not a great thing for you. But to encourage our parents who have all these wonderful options um, we have wonderful options, too, that are so fun for kids. Mm-hmm. Get them involved in Vacation Bible School. Things like Splash Sunday that we have coming up this Sunday. Uh-huh. Um, scream Retreat. There are so many things that will appeal to children that are absolutely spiritually based things. Right. So, yes, they can do dance and they can do these other things because God's given us all these wonderful um, passions inside of us. Yeah. And as a young child, we do want to have those kids explore them, but not to the um, detriment of their spiritual life. Like that's your number one responsibility as a parent. Yeah, it, I get it, that. And I would think boredom is no longer an issue uh, in our culture. Uh, <laughs> used to, I remember when I was a kid, you know, summers would be kind of boring yeah. or it, there's no such, you know, the stimulant is so everything, iPads, movies, yes, sports teams. Yes, and yes. even the church sometimes can mm-hmm. become this carousel of to- to-dos. Yes, yes. But 
at the core of what you're doing with children is, I know, is discipleship. Absolutely. And that's what I think is so encouraging. Let me, for those of you driving right now and you can't read the Bible, uh, and by the way, if you do pray, please keep your eyes open. Uh, <laughs> let's let's learn from Rita, but not that one. Um, Deuteronomy 6.4 uh, is the Shema that she was talking about. Mm-hmm. And it says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Now, Jesus will quote this later and, yes. and add the word mind, which yes, I think does. is fascinating. Verse 6, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Verse 7, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road or ride in the minivan. I added that. When you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and on the door frames or and on the, your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. Uh, the words that stand out to me there are impress, talk, tie, and write. Yes. And um, notice it doesn't say anywhere in here, drop them off at church and let the church staff disciple them while you go to Starbucks. Mm, right. It's, it's, right. This, is a, this is what you said. It is ingraining in the fabric of your home. Yes. I still believe and always will be that the home is the greatest place of discipleship. There's no question about it. There's no question about it. And we do believe, too, it's it's the heart of the home and the light of the church together mm-hmm. that will have the greatest impact um, for the children and for the kingdom. Right. So it's, yes, home life. And, you know, in the Old Testament and, and when the Shema was, it was all done through home. And they did go to temple and they did mm-hmm. go to synagogue, but they it was taught at home. And so we really want to recreate that same model you know, like we followed Jesus's model in discipleship. Mm-hmm. Let's follow God's command model as well. Mm-hmm. Teach and impress your children. And we as a church are going to come alongside you with no judgment, with great love, with resources as we can, yeah. um, and provide for while your children are here, whether it's, you know, two hours a week, or maybe it's a little bit longer, or maybe you come to all the programs, we can assure you that we're going to love you. We're going to support you as parents. We're going to help equip you. But we're yeah. going to also love and lead your children. And sometimes that truth that they bring home to you changes you yeah. as a parent. I've got to tell you one little cute story that Please. happened this past Sunday, talking about children just impressing upon them. We were talking about the fruit of the Spirit again this week, and it was on kindness. I've already referred this um, as well. But we were just talking about how when the Holy Spirit is in us, you know, we're changed. Mm-hmm. We actually feel these things inside of us that say, that's not right, or, you know, that's probably not what God would want, or um, something inside of us. So the Holy Spirit is coming alive in our children, right? Mm-hmm. So as I'm talking about this, and I was telling some stories, anecdotal stories about kindness for the past weekend, and at the end of the message, I was still standing on the stage, and this little second grade young man came up to me. No, he didn't come up to me. He stood at the base of the steps, and I saw him immediately, and mm-hmm. I knew he was waiting for me. Yeah. And so I went down and I just, you know, kind of looked at him and I said, hey, buddy, what's up? And I said, were you waiting to talk to me? And he said, yes, I um, I wanted to tell you that I lied to you. Wow. And I said, so immediately, you know, your heart just opens, like yeah. blows up. And so I thought, I said, I said, well, I said, this must be really hard mm-hmm. for you to come over here and tell me. So we sat on the stage together and I said, tell me about it. What's going on? And he said, I don't know if you remember, but there was that day you asked who knew the scripture and the song words. And and I raised my hand and I came up on the stage with the other kids and I didn't know it. Wow. And I said, I said, that must have been hard for you. And I said, but what do you think made you come up to me today and tell me that? First of all, thank you. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would, are you, if you're asking for my forgiveness or understanding, of course you have that. But what, what he said, I, 
I just felt like I had to tell you. Hmm. And I said, ah, do you remember we were just talking about the Holy Spirit in us? Mm-hmm. I said, he is in you. And you have that? given him the authority, the okay to lead you. And he that? led you to me today. And he's just like, you can see also, I love I love yeah. repentance. I do. I really do. <laughs> I love. I love confession. Uh, it's definitely a Catholic thing. Hey, well, as soon as I turn this off, I may confess a couple things to you. Who knows? <laughs> but like, you could see the relief on his face. Mm. You know, and I thought, how beautiful! I can't wait to share that with his parents at some point. I, yeah. It wasn't appropriate right then because right. that was between he and I and God. But I just love that these kids actually understand spiritual truth, and the Holy Spirit is alive in them, and that happens because we. And, and parents also are encouraging them in their personal relationship with Jesus and to yeah. make him the Lord of their life. So this is cool that stuff. That is cool. You're fr- yeah, it's, you get a front row seat to that. But um, I will tell you that, as you know, a, a man or a woman, a mother or a father who is being discipled mm. uh, is more equipped to disciple their children. And so it really isn't a one or the other, I think. And so I just want to say thank you to you today for being with us. Thank you, For Mark. encouraging um parents to disciple their kids, for encouraging uh, adults to get engaged in the discipleship of their children, Yes, Uh, and then also to realize that no matter where you're at on the spectrum, uh, we're all disciples of Jesus, and to continue in that, uh, thank you for your role model uh, uh, abilities, thank you for your leadership uh, here at the church, but also thank you for encouraging all these listeners today. Mm, I Um, hope it's been encouraging. And I hope it's been encouraging for you listening that um, you realize that this is not a science, uh, mm-hmm. it's not an art, uh, it's a craft, and mm-hmm. you learn how to do it, and you fail at it, and you get better, and you, you fight through it, and God does his best work uh, in the heart of the disciple, I think. And so we are, uh, we're greatly encouraged by that. A lot of these resources that Rita mentioned are on the 419 uh, website, if you'd like to go there. It's 419disciplemakers.org. Uh, let somebody know about this podcast that could encourage them in living the Great Commission as a lifestyle. And um, Rita, I want to just say thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much. It's and fun. Um, yeah, and we hope that you are greatly encouraged today. Go out there, as our pastor says here, go out there and give them heaven. And uh, amen. <laughs> and God will bless you. Have a great, great day. For more information, check out our website, 419disciplemakers.org. Join us again next week as we continue our conversation on the 419 Disciple Makers podcast.